I'm Lorraine and I'm black. I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. We're going back to school to learn some basic black and Jewish stuff we should totes already know. Let's get learned up! My family, every time that I get sunburned, they make fun of me. It's like a whole thing. But Matt, his whole family probably looks similarly to him, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, also his dad has had skin cancer. And no, he's, I mean, I think he would probably call himself like a day walker, like a, like a ginger <laughs> who like, who can hang like in the he, sun. He believes he's that. Not, he believes, but he's not. Cause I've seen him. He's not fully. I know that. real day walkers and he, I really hate to tell him he's not. He has the same complex that I have. I think I'm browner than I am. Mm-hmm. It's not until this happens mm-hmm. that I remember. Oh, right. My skin is mostly gray. Yeah. I'm mostly gray. I, my skin is like, like, like a gray, whale. beige. <laughs> no. I don't, dude. If grayish. you saw under grayish, if you saw like my naked skin, like underneath my clothes, you'd be like shocked. You, you would me, need to put me a, that tum. All right. Here it goes. Pardon the underwear. Okay. Look at this. And like, that's not gray. It's, I would say it's like light tan. It's tan. Thank you. Um, that really means a lot. Seriously. I know that color is a complex issue it's so complicated <laughs> um it's so complicated but <laughs> i guess it can be boiled down to uh my aunt's reaction when i was like 10 this like scarred me for life i like came back from the beach on like a family vacay and um saw my aunt and i was like you know kind of tan and she i was like look i'm i got a suntan yay uh, and she was like tanned skin is damaged skin um, oh. I've never forgotten that because that's so um, problematic as a statement, you know? Yeah, it is. But I guess if she's saying like white people, like white skin as neutral in this little ditty, this yeah. little rhyme, tan skin is damaged skin. Because I mean, in a weird way, kind of is. Is it? I don't know. I don't think that if your skin is tan, it's necessarily damaged. I think this, what you're looking at, this redness. That's damage. that's damage. You need some sun to like not be depressed and like thrive. Yeah, man. Right. So yes. where's the line? Where is the line? Uh, where my where my skincare specialist at? <laughs> <laughs> I have another aunt actually who doesn't believe in wearing sunscreen. It's kind of weird. She like they should have a show. It would be really interesting. Um, they would just talk about skincare. She's like, I mean, I feel like you can just go out and just get some sun every once in a while and like just not put sunscreen on and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's correct. Um, okay, all right. So what are we what are we doing? We're picking up with where we left off on our last chit chat. I'm just gonna wrap up real quick talking about Bloods and Crips. And yeah. just a reminder for the listeners: we don't have time to cover everything that I'd like to. Sure. So if you ever want to meet up for coffee or something north of Pico, hopefully because you don't want to talk about this. In South LA. Uh, I would love to meet up and talk more about these gangs because Jesus, they're so fascinating. Ooh. Right? Yes. It's crazy. Okay, so we were talking about like the culture, because I didn't get a chance to talk about the culture previously Crip- on Learned Up. Pre- previously on Learned Up, we discussed Crips in and Bloods in uh, Los Angeles. And then Sarah asked, Well, what happened? How did they get to the East Coast? What's that about? Because aren't they outside of LA? Yes, they're actually all over the country at this point. And um, 
the first thing to know is like, okay, okay, okay. So this whole time in LA, Crips have been wearing blue. The way that they all like rep their set apart from like violence and stuff is like wearing blue, um, like bandanas, shirts, what have you. Um, also Crip walking. You maybe remember from like popular culture, I guess it was like the early aughts. That was when it became mainstream, like the Crip walk, which is that like footwork dance, um, that means you're real, like you're really down. And if you can get your like hands in it, like throwing up gang signs, like while you crip walk, you're like really, really cool. So is the crip walk just like a normal way of walking among crips? Oh, <laughs> is that it like how be, they like go to the grocery store? Uh, amazing. <laughs> but and if they're no. like caught not doing it, something bad happens. Can you imagine a little chase of like <laughs> yeah, just people chasing each other crip walking? Slow down. I'm, I'm coming. coming. I'm just doing my crip walk. Slow down. No, that would take way too long. But that's what they do, like, for fun. Um, And, like, you know, they've got, like, their sayings and stuff. Like, um, Crips don't die, we multiply. And and, um, all that stuff. And, like, Bloods, as you recall from the first chit-chat they were kind of opposing the Crips because they were overwhelming. On the last record, I was talking about how, like, in the 70s, I think it was, Crips um, outnumbered Bloods three to one. Yeah. I think today it's, like, five to one or something like that in L.A. And on then, okay. Just in L.A. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think just in L.A. But then, 1993, in Rikers Island, New York, OG Omar Mack and his uh, buddy OG Deadeye, they're in prison together. They're these two black guys, and they're just, like, sick of being pushed around by Latin kings and other gangs in prison. So they decide to make their own gang to protect their black brothers in prison. So they make the United Blood Nation. And they completely, like, copy everything that they got, that they know about the West Coast Bloods. And it works. Wait, you mean the West Coast Crips or the West Coast Bloods? Bloods. Okay, United so, Blood Nation. So the Bloods started... On the West Coast before the East Coast? Oh, wait, yes. The blood started on the West Coast. They were, res- the bloods on the West Coast were a direct response to the Crips. To the Crips. Because they're like, you guys can't take over this whole city. You yeah. can't do this. Like, you're killing your own. You're killing us. Like, no, this won't stand. So they, there was like a bunch of gangs that kind of made a big collective and they call themselves bloods. Okay. And they were, it, they were kind of like, it was like a group of solidarity. It was about like, like, I don't know. It's like protection. You know, they're like, we're what we're, they kind of came up out of a thing of good. Like we want to balance out all the bad behavior of the Crips. And so it was like a noble cause to be a blood. And now in Rikers, it kind of is because they're outnumbered in prison. But as soon as they spill out of Rikers and they start like being a part of New York city, they are just as violent as the Crips in LA. They're so notoriously violent. They're still known today as like one of the most dangerous, violent, just like totally deplorable um, group of uh, gang members in the country. Um, they, they they outnumber Crips three to one on the East Coast. Uh, and like those like the Crips that emerged in New York mirroring the West Coast Crips, they were kind of emerging to defend themselves against the Bloods. And um, they're like... Their philosophy is like pretty interesting. Like their like blood stands for brotherly love, overriding oppression and destruction of society. And um, they, they refer to themselves as dogs. Uh, they have these like triple O's tattoos that are like a paw print um, that's made from like the barrel of a gun being burned like on their skin. Holy and fuck. It's this, yeah. And if you're a dog, it stands for doing only gangster shit. 
Whoa. And so with these like markings on their body and like tag and graffiti and stuff, like it just lets people know, like I'm loyal to the bloods. I'm gonna, I would kill for you. I would die for you. And initiation is not easy. Like you have to kill or there's another thing where they would just like go on subways with razor blades and just like slash someone across their face, like extending their like mouth, like up to their ear. Like a joker move. Kind of like a joker move. And it was called giving someone a buck 50, 150 stitches. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're just being really violent. And like law enforcement was kind of like, why are they being so obvious? Because they like they'd walk around the streets like flagging, repping their set, meaning like wearing red and like showing off like I'm a crip. And you mean you're a blood. I'm oh, blood. sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yes. You're a blood. Red, blood, blue, right, crip. Right, right, yes. right. But my thought on it is like it makes it harder for them if everyone knows who they are. Like, like first of all, like I'm proud to be a blood. Like this is who I am. Like I'm not trying to get – I don't want to be on the victim. I don't want to be on the receiving end of a buck fifty. That's like kind of what they're saying. And then also it makes their work a little bit more challenging if they know the cops are watching them all the time. So I think that's kind of bold. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm just saying like people who criticize them for being so obvious. It's like, well, I mean, I get it. Also, sorry, did you have a question? No, I was just gonna say, yeah, they're not trying to get their faces slashed. Right. Yeah. And then on the West Coast, the bloods are like, what is going on over there? OG Omar, Matt, who are you? This is unsanctioned, not approved. We don't. Who are you? Yeah. And they start calling them busters, also known as like posers. Also known, known as, as a buster. buster. Oh my God, Lorraine, <laughs> you are answering like an age old question for me. And I think for people in our generation everywhere. I think so too. I also, it was like an aha moment for me as well. Wow. Uh, they also are referring to them as fake blood. Um, and they're like, no, we're the real deal. Like, I don't care what you guys say. We're bloods. We're real. And the, to prove it, they just get even more violent and more hostile. Okay. The East Coast bloods. East Coast bloods. Unchecked. Unchecked. Just, just doing what they need to going do. Going off. Yeah. And there's this little rhyme that is like a way. It's a part of G checking, which is like checking to see who's real, who's really down, who's really with this brotherly blood love. Yeah. They seem like really all about like. OG status. Yes. Like everyone's called like OG. Yes. They're all about like being original, which is kind of funny because they were not original. They copied the West Coast Bloods. I know. Right. And Bloods in general, it seems like, came as a reaction to Crips. It's a bit thy lady doth protest too much. Mm, we're yeah. OG. We're the real yeah. right guys, yeah, right? Like, we're like, the real thing. Calm down. Okay, so this is the thing. You go up to someone, you say, What's poppin'? And then if they don't say Five poppin', six droppin', kill, crib killer till my casket drop. Five alive, six must die, rest in peace to OG Ty. If they don't say that. That's the reply? <laughs> if they don't say that, they might get a buck fifty. If they just say, like, all good, dude, how about you? <laughs> the Zorro Z, except not, like, the Joker slash up their face. Do they ever ask, just, like, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi. Do, do they care about, like, how was your day? How are you? <laughs> I blood. How are you doing? You seem stressed. Yeah, get over here. Yeah, let me let me give you a recommendation to my acupuncturist. Yeah, (laughs) no, they don't really do that, but they do walk up to people and they'd be like, "Who you be, blood?" Especially OG Omar Mac. He was so into that. Like anytime he'd be out of prison, he'd go around with a video camera. He'd like conceal his identity. He'd hide his face and be like, "Who you be, blood? How long you been, blood?" And people needed to give the right answers or else he'd be a little bit mad. And the reason why is because, all right, get this. After 2001, after 9-11, 
all of law enforcement, they kind of like pull away from from focusing on gangs to focus on fighting terrorism. So these bloods are like multiplying like crazy. And during this time, oh my God, during this time over in Orange, New Jersey, a new set of bloods pop up that's actually like a mixture of Inglewood bloods from the West Coast. And these guys in like South Orange, New Jersey, they get together at this like 4th of July barbecue and they're just chatting and they start a new set of bloods that to OG Omar Mack is unsanctioned and not approved. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. No, 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 no. If you're not loyal to me, you're gonna have to get canceled. So he starts sending people to New Jersey and like they multiply so quickly. They're like, they're called the double eye bloods and it's like a mixture. It's like Inglewood and I forget what the slang is in New Jersey, but they're just like buddies and they team up and they just like make this new gang and um, they multiply. By 2008, there are 9,000 blood sets. No, no, sorry, excuse me. 9,000 bloods proper <laughs> um, on the East Coast. Yeah. By what and year? By 2008. Uh-huh. So like they're they're a huge threat. They're just like a humongous gang that keeps growing and growing, whether or not, you know, people like... Within them, you know, they're opposing forces, people being like, that's fake blood, that's not real, da 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 But they're all blood, so, like, it's something that, like, us neutrals fear. Um, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Um, when the blood started, like, spreading in New York, they would attack neutrals by, like, doing that thing. where they What slash- are neutrals? Oh, that's us. Non-gang. Um, non-affiliated. Yeah, not gang affiliated yeah. Just people living their lives, like, not a part of any gang war or anything. Like, regular black people or regular all people? Regular all people. Yeah. And, um in uh on the west coast the bloods were like shaking their heads being like no we don't do that we don't attack neutrals they're not they have nothing to do with this like you leave them alone and um seems like in general the west coast set was just like chiller and more like yeah zen they were like all that sunshine you know right i think that they just felt like they had a purpose they had like a goal and they were handling it just fine it wasn't about like flaunting like red flagging or whatever it wasn't about all that it was just like we just want to control our neighborhood and be safe and that's it and then these like west i mean east coast bloods started being like we're just so insecure. Like we, we really need this brotherly love thing. Like we really need to like spread the word that we're the strongest and like we have each other's backs and nobody can top us and it just became this thing of power. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll just kind of end it on that. Oh, and yeah, like OG Omar Mack, I think it was, I can't remember what year it was maybe like 2002 or something like that. He wound up in a supermax prison in Florence, Colorado, which is like the highest security prison in the country. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So like his control that he had, any kind of organization that he had been working on kind of just like went out the door and like people were free to just do whatever the fuck they want. And that's kind of why (laughs) there are just so many blood sets just popping up. (sighs) Um, Can women be bloods and or crips? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they can. Um, I didn't do too much research on it, but they totally can. Okay. And like, I, there's no I, like weird hierarchy or anything. I mean, there probably is tons of sexism. Uh, oh, for sure. But like, I would, I totally get it. Cause it's like, you feel like you have no control. You feel like you don't have any other options. Your kids are like totally being recruited constantly. If you do anything to disrespect a blood or if you do anything to respect a crip, like you're going to get hurt you're gonna it's not safe it's really not so if you're like growing up in an environment or you're just raising your kids in an environment where like these guys are the boss of you it's easy to just go you know what 
yeah, brotherly love all the way. Uh, what's the rhyme? It's like, sure, yeah, five popping, six dropping, crypt killer till my casket drop. Five alive, six must die. Rest in peace, to OG tie. Can I go now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bummer, but fascinating. Um, Very interesting. Um, is there another? Do you think there will be another gang like of the same ilk as Bloods and Crips, like in our lifetime, that like will like rise to that level of prominence? The alt right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. But I do feel like those neo-Nazis are like a pretty significant threat. I mean, there aren't as many of them as I think there are. So I should stop being so afraid of them. But because they really are. They're just bullies. They're just gangsters. They're awful. Uh, Like Dylan Roof and his cronies, like they're just the worst they're the worst people alive. Um, Yeah. What's the what's the big dude? uh, Spencer, whatever the fuck. uh, Oh, Richard Spencer. Is that his name? Homie got punched in the face. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Richard Spencer. Yeah. He's a Nazi with a stupid haircut. Yeah. He's an idiot. Well, yeah. So like then there's those people who like believe that anyone who's not white is like an inconvenience to them. And they are just like, you know, picking us off one by one. They like celebrate when like cops kill us in the street. Like they're they're gangsters. They're horrible. Um, yep. This guy isn't even attractive. Like, I know that's I not. Know, point, I know. I know. It's like. I know. But they, like if you're going to be like Aryan Nation, like, be better looking. <laughs> you, you heard it here, guys. <laughs> that's my hot take on <laughs> alt-right-ism. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me to contribute to this episode. Um, yeah. Let's turn on over to the other side of the table. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for learning me up on Bloods and Crips. Thanks for letting me gush. Yeah, man. Wait, hold on. Before we turn it over, is there like a Crip, uh, like saying like that blood, that crazy blood response that you have to repeat when someone asks you like what's drop or what's popping? There are all kinds of sayings and rhymes and stuff. And like Ice-T, his main gang affiliation was Crips. And like he did this like Crip rap that I saw. It was awesome. I can't, I can't say it though. It was like too good. Yeah. So yeah, like on both sides, it's just like, that's the other thing about this that's so fascinating to me. It's just this like whole big celebration of culture. Like set aside, set aside like the murder. (laughs) I really like the art of it. Like I really like the dances. I really like the, um, the tattoos. I like the, uh, graffiti. Yeah. I like coordinated. Yeah. I like like spirit week in high school. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I like the raps. I like the rhymes. I like all of the things that celebrate team, I just can't condone killing innocent people just to say I did it. Yep. <laughs> Not interested. Yes. There's so many stories like that. And there's this one guy who like stood, he was a father of four. He's, he, you know, did his research. He's like, I know what to say if the gang members come and try to recruit my children. And he did everything he was supposed to do to kind of deescalate the situation. And, um, he got killed. Like they, he killed, like these, uh, bloods came in killed him right in front of his kids. And there was an eight year old who was like, why'd you kill my daddy? Why'd you kill my daddy? And the, uh, the blood like pointed the gun at the eight year old and a crowd started to form in the neighborhood. And so he thought better of it and just didn't kill the kid and left. He just like fled the scene. (sighs) Also, there's like this story about Crips. Okay. So I just feel like there's a lot of similarities between the Crips in LA and the bloods in New York. Ooh, okay. Okay. They both are just so violent and so just about killing opposing gang members or anyone who disrespects them. In, um, I think it was 1988 in LA, South Central, 
um, there was this young girl who had a brand new car that was like really shiny and red. And she and her friend were just really excited about driving around in this new car. They were just driving in the wrong neighborhood, wrong place, wrong time. And that same day earlier, a bunch of Crips were a part of a drug deal gone bad. Like somebody sold them a bunch of cocaine that turned out to just be little bags of flour. And they were so mad. So they were like, okay, we're going to find this drug dealer and we're going to kill this guy. They couldn't find him. So they were like, next best thing, let's kill his sister. And then they saw these girls driving around in this red car and they just thought that they were them. And they just fire, open fire, like hundreds of bullets in this car, killed the girl, killed her friend. And they were just like, oh, whoops, whatever. That's what you get driving a red car in this neighborhood. And the cops even told that girl's parents, it was just a mistake. It was honest mistake. And she's like, this is not a mistake. My daughter and her friend were murdered. Yeah. Wait, this is on the West Coast? This was on the West Coast. Yeah. This happened West in 19... 19- yeah, yeah, so like that's just like a pretty run-of-the-mill like run-in with the Crips. It's yep. like, oh, whoops, you were wearing the wrong thing. You didn't get us, so we killed you. And then on the East Coast, were we already recording when I told that story about the dad and the kid? Mm-hmm. Or no? Okay, great. So those two things together, it's like they don't care. They yeah. ha- there's this lack of humanity. They're programmed to just be loyal to their set. There's like a very set ranking within a set and they're very loyal to the overall gang, the Bloods. They've just, it whatever is like logical or rational about like mankind, it doesn't really matter anymore because they're in this gang. They're there to represent the gang and that's the most important thing. I might catch some major flack for this, but a connection just formed in my mind between like super intense gangs like Bloods and Crips and certain subsets of Orthodox Jewish communities. No way. Just just the idea of like extreme loyalty to your community and sort of a, a disregard for the outside world um, and like the rules and laws that govern it. Wow. Um, but I don't know. I think... No, do you think there I'm, are gangs in Orthodox yes, Jew, Jewish Yes, I do communities? think so. I do think so. Okay, well, that is something I'm very interested in, and I will not be talking about it today because I did not learn about it. But yeah, but I just thought of it. Want to know more? I also want to know more. I only know of like one story of uh, there was a woman who she was an Orthodox Jew, and her husband beat her or something like that, and she like came to some gangsters. You know, she was like, "Hey, you guys." this guy's bad news. And they were like, we'll take care of it. Mm. And they just, he disappeared. And they just did. They disappeared. And him. they never, like nothing happened to them. Well, there was the Jewish mafia that I talked about a few episodes ago. Right. So like, do you think those mobsters were Orthodox or were they just like, Oh my God. Schmoes like my dad and his friends, you know, Yo, I'm going to do this research. Okay. I, leave it to me. I'll look it up for today. Okay. Let's hear what you got, Sarah. Okay. So this is a very preliminary, uh, this is like I'm about to deep dive into the nitty gritty and all the particulars of Orthodox Judaism. This is like I just jumped off the diving board. I'm not fully in the water. This analogy doesn't really make <laughs> sense. Um, I regret it. But uh, yeah, it's like it's this is this is early, early stages here. There is going to be a part two. Um, but I just wanted to like familiarize myself with um um, bless you. Bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> That's Yiddish, um, which the Orthodox Jews speak to this day in America. Um, bless you, blood. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to, like, kind of understand um, Orthodox Jews versus Hasidic 
Jews and kind of like just demographics within these communities. Okay. So it seems that the term Orthodox um, came out of the early stage of the reform movement. Like, you know how there's, for people who don't know, um, in Judaism, there's uh, Orthodox Jews, conservative Jews, and reform Jews. Um, and I think there's also another sect that's like reform. Uh, no, wait, what are they? I don't uh, know. Reconstructionist, I think. Uh, 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 but okay, I'm just going to be talking about Orthodox Jews today. But uh, once the reform movement um, that happened in the early 1800s in Europe, reformers kind of viewed their traditionalist counterparts as being like really stuck in the past. And so the, tor- the term orthodoxy to refer to the people who did not reform stuck. And then we're just kind of claimed by those Jews. They were like, you know what? We don't hate that term anymore. Like we are Orthodox and we're proud of it. So booyah. Um, <laughs> but within Orthodoxy, there's just so many like differences and subsets. It's just not a homogenous group at all. Um, like I said, like within those subsets, there are a lot of differences. Um, there's many ways to be Orthodox. In general, Orthodox Jews as a whole believe in living in, just reading my notes here, living in strict adherence to halakha, which is Jewish law. It's a Hebrew word for Jewish law. Um, they take the Torah literally, believe God created the world in seven days, Adam and Eve, all that stuff. Um, and then there's modern Orthodox Jews. Um, so modern Orthodox Jews, as opposed to ultra-Orthodox Jews, which I'll talk about in a second, but like the modern ones do believe in some integration with non-Orthodox Jews and also non-Jewish society as a whole. So like in service of, you know, like in order to make the world a better place and like do good deeds and mitzvahs and all that, you need to interact with the outside world. Um, And also modern Orthodox Jews do understand the importance of secular studies in schools as well as Torah and the Jewish law. Um, And a lot of them are all about equal education for men and women um, and are very, very into the importance of Israel. They really like, um, uh, believe in that they are the people of Israel, that it's very Zionist. And then there's the Haradim, which in Hebrew means those who fear God. And those are the or- ultra Orthodox Jews. However, the term ultra Orthodox is apparently considered pejorative by those people, um, they just consider themselves to be like the most authentic and like closest to God. So they're like, yeah, we're just the only way to be kind of. Oh, so interesting. Like don't like no qualifiers needed. Yeah. We just are the people. We're just the peeps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but I'll just, I'll, I guess I'll just refer to them as ultra Orthodox Jews. Um, they are the ones who reject modern secular culture. They don't, you know, you're not going to find like algebra being taught in their schools. They're wow. like, very insular um, and just are very, very pious and believe in just like that the word of the God, word of God is like, you know, word is bond. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's just like, uh, they're just, they live very stringently and like by the Torah and by Jewish law. Um, Hasidic Jews. So I didn't really know this before. Hasidic Jews are one subset of Haradim or ultra Orthodox Jews. Okay. Um, Has- Hasidism was, Founded in the mid 1700s by Rabbi Israel Ben Eliezer, aka Baal Shem Tov, which is a dope Hebrew name that literally means master of the good name. 
And he, so he's like Papa of Hasidic Jews. He was a Jewish mystic. Um, what is a Jewish mystic? What is Jewish mysticism? I don't know. I tried to read an article on it and my brain just like stopped processing information. It was, was very it, dense. Yeah. Was it just like really, um, I don't know, like was the rhetoric like super confusing? Yeah. Or? And it was just lots of different like Hebrew words and different terms and examples that I just, um, I don't know. It's like when you read another language and you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't, what yeah, is this? Yeah. Or like a math equation or something. Um, so if anyone knows about Jewish mysticism, like hit me up. Um, I have a lot to learn about that. I do know that Kabbalah is one type of Jewish mysticism, um, just as Hasidism is like one type of being ultra-Orthodox. Um, so, you know, Madonna, like prayer stones, light yoga, bracelets, whatever. Cool. Sure. Um, Hasidism... So yeah, like started mid 1700s, it grew to prominence in early 1800s in Europe. So that was like around the time where the reform movement started, where like Jews were like, uh, we want to like assimilate into modern culture. We want to like be able to enjoy, you know, the perks of modern society. We want to like, like the enlightenment is happening. Yeah, and like, like we want to take trains. We want to like go to school. We wanna, what the heck do Doritos taste like? Right. Like, what the heck what? do Doritos taste like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Hasidism was kind of like you know, uh, was a reaction against that. It was like, no, 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 we're good. Like the way we are, like no need to adapt. We're like, the Torah is, um, like same as it's always been. No need to update it. We have everything that we need. Yeah. We have everything we need. The people out there, they're missing what we got going on. Yeah. 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 Um, so anytime you see, um, you know, like those homies in Brooklyn with like the black wide brim hats, like those are Hasidic Jews. For sure. Um, just, you know, um, and most of them speak Yiddish to each other, which I didn't really know. Pretty cool. It's cool. Um, and actually if they speak English, you'll notice that they have like sort of a Yiddish accent, yeah. which is wild because they were born and raised in the U S of A, but you but, know how it is. Like you, you're surrounded by a certain accent. That's what you learn. That's what you learn. Yeah. Um, it's like, I went to this wedding a couple weekends ago in new Orleans and the sister of the groom who like their whole family is is American and are from like the West Coast, I think like California. The sister of the groom had this really funky accent, like, so, and I was like, um, why do you speak that way? And she was like, oh, I lived in South Africa for a few months, so no, I talk like this now. Negative, um, no, sorry. Yeah, I thought that was really Wrong. funny. Um, <laughs> I, I don't feel bad that I asked her. No, and, yeah, um, that's yeah. great. So, okay, there was this. Pew Research Center study. Do you know about Pew? Mm, sounds familiar to me. They're like a big, they do a lot of uh, demography work. They're all about like different surveys of, you know, cool. groups. They cool. track, you know, like doing a lot of stuff with um, like immigrants now. And actually shout out to my mom's boyfriend, Jeff, who works for Pew. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. What up, Jeff? Um, Thanks, Pew. <laughs> Pew Research Center did this study in 2013. Um, and then the they also wrote an article just like uh, talking about their findings and it's just specific to American Jews, not Jews globally. One in 10 American Jews are Orthodox. And then within that 10%, 62% are Her- Haredi or Haredim. So that means ultra Orthodox. Yeah. 31% are modern Orthodox. And then the other 6% is just like question mark. Like, <laughs> did not report. Like, don't come get off my lawn. Whatever. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm at work. Yeah. Sorry. I'm at the butcher shop. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then beyond that, it's like, okay, so the, so if 10% of American Jews are Orthodox, 35% are Reform, 
like myself and most of the kids, I, you know, Jewish kids I grew up with. Um, and then 30% no denomination, a lot of like secular Jews running around and 18% conservative, um, 6% other. Anyway, so even though Orthodox Jews only make up 10% of the Jewish community as a whole in America, they're like, they're like dense as fuck and multiplying like by the second because they have tons of kids, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so then, okay. So then I I read this Atlantic article called Oy Vey, Yiddish has a problem. Uh, that's about like just the, the future of Yiddish as a language and how it's kind of dying out, but like is spoken exclusively by Orthodox Jews. Wait, really? Yeah. Nobody else? Really? I mean, I guess I don't know why I thought that there would be more people speaking Yiddish. I'm just talking about in America. I don't know about globally. Like it's possible that there's like peeps in, you know, Germany, Israel, like, you know, um, other parts of Europe that are still speaking Yiddish because Yiddish is like a combination of Hebrew and German. Sure. Exactly. It was like a regional, uh, like a dialect. Yeah. It was a language in like a specific space, but I guess, yeah, there were enough people who left it that it just became this like traveling thing. And then if over time the folks who've traveled realize that they don't need it as much, then sure. Yeah. Oy vey. Well, this, okay, so this is a really old census, so, like, it may, I don't know, the numbers obviously have changed, but um, a 2007 census revealed 76% of all Yiddish speakers live in the New York metro area. 76% of all Yiddish speakers live in the what? New York metro area, with another 6% in the Poughkeepsie metro area. What hey up, Poughkeepsie? Yo, what's going on, Hudson Line? Yep. Uh, 4% <laughs> in the Miami metro area. Wow. Jews who tan, again, <laughs> and 2% in the LA metro area. Okay. So this means that 88% of all Yiddish speakers lived in just one of these four That's metro crazy. areas. Crazy. So I'm going to like keep my ear out for any Yiddish in LA. I mean, yeah. we know where to find the Orthodox Jews. Like, Yeah, and you know what? Even if people aren't like speaking Yiddish, Yiddish is still so like baked into American culture. Sure. You know, oh, like, yeah. it's so here. So, I mean, it's going to be here for a while just as something that exists. Right. Whether or not people speak it. Eh. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is amazing. So, I did not know this. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So going back to sort of like the overall just expansion of Orthodox populations. Um, so I'm just reading this from the this Atlantic article, Oive, uh, Yiddish has a problem. So the Pew Research Center survey on American Jews indicates there are very high fertility rates and large family sizes among the Orthodox. Overall, it appears that the Orthodox, and particularly the Haredi, an umbrella term for ultra-Orthodox Jews, uh, the community is growing, not shrinking. Um, there's another quote from this book called The Pious Ones, The World of Hasidism and Their Battles with America. Uh, This dude, Joseph Berger, a New York Times writer, wrote it um, in 2014. So this quote is, uh, among the Hasidism, the growth has been spectacular. In the 1950s, there were so few of them in Williamsburg, a neighborhood in New York City's Brooklyn borough. There there was only one school and you could fit an entire PTA meeting in a home. That's unthinkable now. There's 300,000 Hasidic Jews in New York alone. And they're growing fast. And that was from 2014. So I can only imagine, given like the high um, fertility rates, I think the average number of children in Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox, I should say, homes is like 4.5 or something. Wow. That's just the average. Wow. Um, Man. Too many kids. That must be so hard. Because it's kind of like, it's not a choice, it sounds like. It sounds like you don't like... 
You don't get to be like, will I have kids? Won't I have kids? It's just assumed you will. Oh, you're going to have kids. You're going to have kids. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would like to do a little more digging on this, but like talking about like sexuality in mm-hmm. um, ultra Orthodox community, because, you know, I, I'm, I sort of doubt that there's a lot of like f- pleasure fucking, you know? No, it's like, this it's like pretty procreate. We are making yes, people another right now. one of like God's children. Yeah. Um, okay. So this Pew study, uh, wanted to sort of drew some parallels between Orthodox Jews and other groups, specifically white evangelical groups, which I found really interesting. So I'm just going to read, this is a really short thing. Um, Orthodox Jews more closely resemble white evangelical Protestants than they resemble other U.S. Jews uh, in some ways. For example, similarly large majorities of Orthodox Jews, 83%, and white evangelicals, 86%, say that religion is very important in their lives, while only about one-fifth of other Jewish Americans say the same. Roughly three quarters of both Orthodox Jews, so 74%, and white evangelicals, 75%, report that they attend religious services at least once once a month, and eight in 10 or more Orthodox Jews, 84%, and white, this is so many numbers, sorry, and white evangelicals, 82%, say that Israel was given to the Jewish people by God, and that's more than twice the share of other American Jews who express this belief. So, like, there's some weird sort of parallels about, like, just the role that religion plays in these people's lives mm-hmm. and their belief that like Israel is a Jewish state given to Got Jews it. by God. Got it. Um, this is kind of interesting. Other U S Jews lean heavily toward the democratic party, but the opposite is true of the Orthodox as mm-hmm. of mid 2013, 57% of Orthodox Jews identified with the Republican party or said they leaned toward the GOP. Orthodox Jews also tended to express more conservative views on issues such as homosexuality and the size of government that is, they are more likely than other Jews to say that homosexuality should be discouraged and they prefer a smaller government with fewer services to a bigger government with more services. I mean, I'm not totally surprised. I guess. I mean, right. Like, they want smaller government because they want less involvement and less interaction with yeah. government. Like, they don't want government coming in and, like, regulating. For sure. And, like, they are proud of doing stuff for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Yeah, and they're self-governing out. in a like, lot of ways. Right, you know? like that. I'm. I imagine that many of them are like, "Oh, libertarians seem cool." You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 totally. And yeah, I mean, if you'll remember from our supermodels episode where mm-hmm. I just started talking about Orthodox Judaism for a long time, um, the uh, yeah, the community there. Uh, it's I'm pretty sure it's a Hasidic community in Israel. Um, not cool with people being gay. It's very yeah, much taboo. Right. Um, just like any form of religious extremism really man and that's it's probably just like so oppressive like if you know it's not just like oh we're not cool with people being gay it's like there's probably intense pressure to hide yourself if you're queer in any way yeah you know? i mean yeah there i think the the way that you can be is pretty limited yeah there in all ways yeah um, it's like these are the rules yeah. for women these are the rules for men yep just Go by these guidelines. And Please don't stray from it. This is like a, this is not a flexible, like right. elastic text. We don't need your interpretation. It's like, like people who think that the constitution is like one way and we should just like yeah. suck its D and like not, <laughs> and not like use our brains and mm-hmm. apply it to modern yeah, please scenarios. Do, please don't, yeah. because that makes things very complicated. Mm-hmm. Just get in line, do what you need to do, make more kids. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thanks. Um, <laughs> so I read this HuffPo article called I Escaped Hasidic Judaism and Went from Living on the Streets to Being a Hollywood Actor. Now, which is a, this is a HuffPo article I'd like to read. It's a wild story and a great headline. It's very <laughs> clickbaity. Um, <laughs> but it's it's cool to kind of think about. Is it cool? I don't know if that's the right word, but um, to think about ultra-Orthodox Judaism as something akin to, like, Scientology that, like, you need to escape and that you're kind of... Also kind of like being Amish. I mean, there are some parallels between Hasidic and and Amish communities because, you know, the dress is very similar. The The language thing. The language thing is interesting. The language thing is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, because Amish people speak... They speak this weird kind of German. Yeah. But, like, my friend who's German... But it's not German German. Exactly. My friend who's actually German, like, met some Amish people, and she was like, I have no idea what you're saying. Right. And they're (laughs) called Pennsylvania Dutch. So it's like, like, what is going on? That has confused me so much. Like, Dutch and German... Those things are like, did you have by any chance the confusion when you were a kid of condom and condo or like condominium? I'm sure at some point. I was in condiments. Oh, I'm sure. Like, there's a connection with these things, right? <laughs> no, there's no connection. Yeah, you put mustard on your <laughs> dick if you don't want to get your girlfriend pregnant. Right. Um, but only, only if you're living in a yeah, high rise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, there's that connection. And then there's also like just that insular thing of like, we live in this tight little space and we don't like need other people's rules. Like yeah. our rules are working fine. So there's this um, kind of like excommunication that happens when you leave, I guess, like the sect, um, sort of similar to how um, if you leave the Amish community, it's like, please don't come back. Ever, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bye. Um, We're good. Yeah. So this dude who wrote this um, Huffington Post article about being a Hasidic Jew and then, like, basically his life just falling apart and then him rebuilding it, um, I really don't want to mispronounce his name, but it's it kind of looks like you pronounce his first name Loser. It's L-U-Z-E-R, and his last name is Tversky? Lu- maybe Luzer? Luzer? Lutzer? Lutzer. Lutzer. What's Tversky. Luther Tversky. Um, <laughs> he apparently played a character on Transparent season two. No way. Yeah, he's really turning the beat around. So, like, his deal was that he was like, fuck, I can't with Hasidic Judaism anymore. Wow. Um, and he just found it so restrictive. He was married to a Hasidic woman. Um, three years into the marriage, got divorced, was just like, I, it's not that I fall out of love with you. I just can't deal with our lifestyle. It's so oppressive. Um, and everyone marries crazy young. He said that, um, he was taught from a very young age that all non-Jews hate us and want to kill us. No. Um. That's a scary thing to believe. Yeah. And, um, what else does he say? Um, let me answer some revealing questions about Hasidic Judaism. Does it withhold a broad education from their children in order to keep the children narrow-minded and uneducated? Yes. Does it vilify the outside world in order to keep its members from joining it? Definitely. Does it have a fear and or doomsday element to it? Of course. Is there excommunication for those who dare to leave? Oh, yeah. Uh, He says he still has not received anything past a fifth grade education. But he says, in fact, since I never attended a regular school, I don't actually know what a fifth grade education is. I just picked a grade that seemed right. I don't know what algebra is. I know I can Google it, but I wasn't made to care enough to do so. Um, you definitely don't need it if you're on set for Transparent Season 2, exactly. right? Exactly. Man, start from the bottom. Don't stay in school. Be an actor. Yeah, be an actor on like a super progressive show yeah. that does challenge a, a, yeah, a lot of the teachings of uh, Orthodox Judaism. Yeah. 
So basically he was just like taught that uh, all Goyim, that's, you know, non-Jews for all you Goys out there. Um, all of them are murderers, rapists, degenerates, second class citizens. Um, and that basically like if you leave the tight knit community, you will become like a drug addict and your life will be in shambles. And that's kind of what happened for a little bit. He was like, you know, just couldn't get his life together. He tried really hard to transition to mainstream culture, but like found he couldn't really connect to women he was trying to date. Cause it just, I mean, imagine living in just, I don't want to disparage the Hasidic community and culture, but like, it's kind of like living under a rock in a way, you know? And then you try to like step outside and, and assimilate or like have a conversation. You can't. Cause like you, yeah. You've just been brought up in this very specific way, sheltered from like all knowledge around you. For sure. Um, one time I was on the subway in New York. I was like on my way to Queens because I was living there at the time. And um, there were these like, I don't know, there were these like Orthodox Jewish teenagers, I want to say. They were either teens or early 20s, but they were very boisterous and like in my face. And and they were talking about how like, they're like, you probably see us and you assume that we're not fun, but we are fun. We have our fun. And they were just like you know, like posturing and peacocking and all this stuff. And I didn't want to say this to them, but in my head, I was like, I literally never think about you. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I'm never like, I'm never like, oh, those kids are probably square. I'm just like, oh, they're religious. Yeah. I don't know. Like they're doing their thing, but that's yeah. Some, it, that's some, I don't know her shade. I, I yeah. didn't know, but really it was like, boys, like, I don't think about you like that. I yeah. think like, you're just like more New Yorkers around me and it really doesn't go deeper than that. But when this is your life and you're constantly like taught to kind of compare your experiences to the outside world, you probably are assuming that the outside world is doing the same thing to right, you. Right, right, like, right, right. Let's like, I don't know, like let's well, yeah. react to those people. Yeah. And I know that like other folks are definitely reacting to them. Like they don't, it's not easy. I'm sure being, you know, so unique and like separate, that's probably really hard. People probably are assuming all kinds of things about them. Yeah, but, maybe they do get bullied or like things yeah. happen when they like take the, the subway or oh, like, of course. you know. But I'm like, you don't know me. Yeah. Don't just go. They like, when they saw me, they just saw like non-Jewish girl. Yeah. But I'm like, no, dude, I'm Lorraine DeGraffenwright. I I like you and unless you're annoying. I am multitudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So something I want to learn a little bit more about is like Orthodox Jews and proselytizing. Like, is this a thing? Because Jews as a whole, like we don't do that. And it's kind of like, oh, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's that was the Washington Post slogan for a really long time. <laughs> if you don't get it, you don't, you get, don't get it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a written slogan. It was oral and you had to say it like that. Um, they were like banging their heads against the wall trying to come up with a new slogan. And they just like turned to like the 14 year old daughter of the, the editor. And, yeah. yeah. And they're like, what do you think? What are the kids like? I don't know. It's just like, if you don't get it, you know get it that's it <laughs> print it um, anyway so like okay uh even though yeah jews aren't like going to africa and being missionaries and shit like that's not a thing we've ever done but i do think there is a little bit of i'll just say that when i lived in new york for four years i lived on the lower east side which is a pretty historically jewish mm -hmm. neighborhood um and i remember um at least one time that uh, a hasidic man in like full garb came up to me and sort of started engaging with me and asked if I was Jewish and if I was practicing. And 
I don't think he was trying to hit on me. I think he was like trying to sort of sell me on Hasidism. Is that a thing? But I really want to just like leave it there for now and look more into it because I didn't have time to fully get learned up on it. And I already mm. feel like I've talked enough today about. No, but that's cool. But I mean, I'm interested. I did, I, yeah, I did not know that that ever happened. Yeah, like spreading the word. Um, right, because it's almost sort of contrary to the whole thing with Hasidic Jews, which is just very like, we stay in our thing, yeah. you guys stay in your thing, never the two but shall meet. if you had gone to him and was like, hey, I've been doing some thinking, I was raised a reformed Jew, I would like a new way of life, do you think that there'd be a place for you to worship and like be a part of it? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, it seems like modern Orthodox Jews are more into intermingling um, and having kind of interesting conversations about that. But yeah, I really think Hasidic Jews are not so into like branching out. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I have some sort of conflicting information about it and I want to clarify it. And I also want to talk about the role of women um, in Orthodox Jewish communities. Let's get into it. Yep. So that's a uh, that's a little teaser for next <gasps> next time. Not today. Not today, Lorraine. I really was excited. Uh, well, you'll have to you'll have to subscribe to our podcast, Lorraine. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll just rate review. <laughs> also you subscribe. Didn't subscribe to our podcast. You never had, and you didn't follow us on any of the social medias for a half second. I worried that I didn't. I was like, <gasps> did I forget? <laughs> did I click on follow? <laughs> well, Instagram has changed their. Have you noticed the new Instagram? Oh, this is so boring. What's up with the new Instagram? So the follow button is like it used to be if you click, if you try to follow someone, it will be blue, I think. And it'll, do you know huh? what I'm saying? It's the opposite now. Anyway, it basically it makes it look like I'm not following any, anyone that I am. Oh, following. I think I know what you're talking do about. You know I know exactly what you're talking about. Because if you click on like... I don't know. If you click on like a list of people who liked something, you know? Like, yeah. Hold on. Okay. So others. Look at this. I literally just pulled up Lizzo, the singer. Okay. And you, you and, and this used to be gray or white. It would say follow. And then right. if I clicked on it, it would become blue and it would say following. Now it's the opposite. So it's yeah. like, so if I follow Hit. her, now it's great. Now it's and stupid. Like, if you look at this, like this is people who clicked like on a post. So all the following people, it's gray. But then at the bottom, people who click like, it's blue. Right. And it's because it wants to encourage you to hit follow. Right. Which bothers me. Because yes. if I'm not following someone, it's maybe for a reason. It's maybe on purpose. And yeah. it's And I'm not saying... I don't want people who like know that I'm not following them. If they go and check right now, they're still following me. I don't want you to think that I'm not following you for a reason. That's not the thing. The rule is if I'm not following you, it could be for a reason. Yeah. Also, way to like turn blue, my favorite color, like against me. Yeah. You know, like way to corrupt blue. While we're talking about this social media crap on Twitter, did you notice how like it used to be if you have two accounts? And you like I'm in the learned up Twitter right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you hit if you hit like the Twitter button, you can switch. You, you you can switch easy in the side panel, but like I don't like that. I use it used to be like up top on your page. You yep. could just be like, oh, drop down menu. Like you want to be learned up now? Yep, exactly. Yeah, like I don't like this. Also, like if I open Twitter, it makes me stay mostly in the main timeline. But little do you know, Twitter, I don't so much love all the tweets i kind of like just going straight to my page don't give me extra steps to see my tweets yeah because like i'm really showing up on twitter because i had an idea that i wanted to tweet yeah and not because i wanted to just go browsing other people's hilarious yeah ideas. you only 
you only read your own quotes, right? I mean, mostly. You're like Willow Smith, who's never read a book that she didn't write. Which I realize is not how Twitter is supposed to work. You're yeah. supposed to be reading other people's tweets and having conversations. But I'm like... You've read them and you're not impressed. I really... I'm waiting to be impressed by you, Twitter. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it's like why I only have 600 followers. <laughs> by the way, I learned last night that um, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith escaped Scientology. Wait, they did escape? They're out. Yes. Oh, how recent? Like two years ago. Congrats. Congrats. I feel Mazel's so embarrassed. I, that's really crazy because um, his career has not been ruined. And I don't think it was like a huge, was it a huge story? Alexis, did you know about this? Yeah. I have, for the past two years, have been telling people that they are Scientologists. Oh, me too. For sure. Yeah. But you know what? His career hasn't been ruined, but it certainly hasn't done much. I mean, suicide, period. Sorry. Right? Wow. Let me try that again. Whoa. Suicide squad, <laughs> period. End of story. <laughs> uh, what a slip. Career suicide. Yeah, squad. man. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, so so that's a wrap that's for now it. on Bloods and Crips and Orthodox Jews. Yeah. Thank you for listening. This is pretty fun. Um, well, You know, we were just talking about social meds. Please, you know, check out our... Um, podcasting network what's a creative follow them on the things and also follow us we're at learned up podcast on twitter facebook instagram and i don't know where else <laughs> the the future the future um yeah, snapchat we actually should we, we should were, we snapchat. were gonna do a, a learned up reacts snapchat where we, we really where should. it's just reactions of us learning new facts about blacks and jews i really love snapchat do you follow um are you on it i'm like barely on it you i'm should, technically on it if you if you don't have a reason to be on it yet i'll give you one okay Follow Danny Cullen okay. on Snapchat. Ooh. Also, everybody on here, if you know Danny, if he's cool with you and he's willing to like have you follow him, I love his snaps. They're so funny. Um, I can't wait. He's a very funny guy. And everyone watch 100 subscribers. Great Please. movie by oh God, Danny Cullen so and his group Kid Cactus. Good. I love it's very it. good. It's very like professionally shot. I really love it. it. And the great. music. The music. I need that soundtrack. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, the one about like kicking life in the dick or whatever. That's my favorite song. It's a jam. So good. So thanks, Alexis P. Preston, our podcast producer. She's sick, and, but she looks really cute with her new She's hair. So, so that's adorable. the only thing that matters. Give her a, a billion likes on all the pics. Um, and thanks, Adam Isaacson, for our podcast music. And thank you, Gmail, for our email address, which is <laughs> learntopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, Lindsay. Do you like clams? I do like clams, but you know what I like more? What? A clam bake. Then you will probably like Welcome to the Clam Bake on What's a Creative. Wait, is that a podcast about clams? No, it's a podcast about feminism. Oh, I get it. It's like the opposite of a sausage fest. Yeah, every Friday on What's a Creative. That's a hilarious pun.